Welcome to the Tearing It Up podcast. I'm your host, Taryn. We'll be tearing it up, tearing it down, and tearing it apart, dissecting all things related to those who deviate from the standard. From leaders of their industry to leaders of mediocrity, and maybe a gear review or two thrown in. We shoot the shit and let the conversations flow, so if that's not your style, this may not be for you. Otherwise, listen in. Hope to light a fire in you somehow. All right, welcome everybody. We are super excited to have um, a guest on, a good friend of mine, Tori McQueen. She is hello. Just- yes, hi, Tori. <laughs> um, we have known each other for like over a decade now, I think. But she's been in Oregon for a while, and I've been down here in Tahoe, so I don't get to see them as much as I want to see anybody, obviously. But <laughs> hopefully this time when I come up to Washington in a couple of weeks, I actually have to stop in Portland. So I'm going to talk, um, message you guys for sure and see if I can come by and, and meet the like two or three littles that I haven't yet. <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, Tori, I just want to give the floor to you and tell tell the people who you are and we'll talk about what you're up to now being that powerhouse mother of five with a business and how you got to where you are oh wow okay well so good (laughs) to have you here because yes we don't get to catch up enough um I'm actually going to be going up to Washington this weekend for some family festivities now that you know my kiddos have sports and stuff like it's hard to travel or anything but let's kind of back up there um you did mention five kids so I do have um my husband, he's not one of the kids, but sometimes it feels <laughs> that way, uh, but he doesn't count. So I've got Emery. He is going to be 11 this summer. And then I've got Cade, who's nine, um, Brooks, who's six, Jet, who's three, going to be four. And then Laurel is our girl. So I've got four boys and a girl and she is one. So my yeah. life is pretty crazy. Um, but it's awesome. I don't know. The crazy just piles on. Um, where do you want me to start? Well, let's start with how back should I go? I, can talk forever. <laughs> I know right? we could go really far back, I'm sure. Um, and I know we have time constraints here. So, well, you're in real estate now, right? Yeah. So yep. I kind of, I want to talk about how you got into real estate. Cause I actually don't even know how you really made that transition. Cause you oh. did like marketing before, right? Like, well, that's what you went to college for. Because mm-hmm. I mean, when we met, James was still in the military, and you guys moved a couple times, and I don't know, we we're all just floating about, living our lives. Yeah. Um, but you've just created, from what I see and follow on on social media, like I just think your realty journey has been amazing to watch and looks so just great and successful, and how you've built it. And I've still been like, wait a second where the heck did this like hard left come from? But it may not be that way. Right. But that's just because of that's what happens over years of not seeing each other um, all the time or often or whatnot. So yeah, let's talk about just how you got into it in the first place. Okay. Yeah. Um. So I was in corporate software sales. So I went to school for marketing at UNLV Las Vegas straight out of high school Um. I did not know I wanted to go to UNLV, but I ended up there. It was dry, hot, warm D1 school. Those were my criterias and, or my criteria for going to college. And so we went to school for marketing um, pretty soon after college, James and I like were 
we were dated and all that's a whole nother can of worms, <laughs> but like we ended up getting married. So we, he was in military. I moved to where he was and my job quickly went from, you know, learning all about marketing into sales. Um, there's a skill set there that I think was natural for me. Um, and so I was in like phone book sales, right? So like I was dealing with marketing and at the time, internet SEO, web pages, all of that, which really was a sales job because that's just what it was. So I was hunting new business and working B2B, which is working business clients. So business owners were my clients. And then when we moved to Washington, um, you know, I had a couple different sales jobs, but I got into software sales. And so did that for some time. And it was an HRIS cloud platform. And that was really what I thought was going to be my dream job. I was like, okay, cool. Like I had one kid, I was being flexible with that. I had, then I had two kids and then we were going to move to Oregon to be closer with family. By this time we had gotten married, lived in North Carolina. Then when we were pregnant with our first son, we decided, Hey, let's figure out a way to get out of the military and move back to where our families were, which were Washington and Oregon. So we moved back to Washington and he was based there. And then, um, I realized like, okay, we were driving a lot to see my family in Oregon. So we then tried to maneuver there, which is where I got my software sales gig. And by this time I had two, my second son and he was just a little one and we moved with my career. So James had just gone out of the military and he was in transition at that time and um, going into the police force is what his next move was. And I was in, like I said, I thought my dream position, software sales, high pay. Um, I noticed that a lot of the hires at this company, and I won't say any names because, yeah, but anyways, this company, we're, we're all like come lods out of like Harvard and like you know, wow. straight A's out of like Stanford and Yale and all these top places. Right. And I at first didn't get the job. And then I came back and I fought them on it. And then they gave me the job. So it was a dream job with software sales, yes. high earning. And this is where they're like, okay, you're going to get the training and you're going to get a lower base. So it was a lower base than what I was normally getting. And then they're like, okay, very easily 250,000 is you know, be expected to make that. So I was like, okay, cool. This is a sweet gig. And then I started to realize, okay, literally hiring cum laude's means none of these people had children. None of these people were really married yet. All these people were like, show up to the office at 6 a.m. to be at an eight o'clock meeting. And then we're going to go do our numbers. And then we're all going to hang out afterwards at happy hour at six. And I was just in a different phase of my life because I had already had the habits of being a top producer at all my other companies. I was president's club. I was, you know, already trained to be a self um, managed worker. Like I didn't need a, a micromanager. And I also had that freedom to where I was naturally on the leaderboards. Right. And I knew how to keep myself, you know, in sales, like you want to be the top of the leaderboard and also your, your income follows that. So I was used to this. And then when I got this job, it was like, okay, cool. I'm excited. But I was kind of wanted to be autonomous by then. Like I, I still wanted to work the way that I was used to working. And I 
wanted to show that I was a good worker by my numbers and things like that. But what I quickly realized is that they wanted more um, control over the micromanagement part of it. And if I didn't show up early, it meant I didn't want to be there. Like all these weird culture things that I was just really, really shocked by, especially because, sorry to interrupt you, but I mean, like you said culture, right? So that was, that's not required. That's just what they expected. Like they're expecting you to work more than what you're getting paid for. Well, I think that's what the culture was. Like I had two babies, right? Mm -hmm. Little ones um, under three, mm-hmm. two under three. And, um, I think, like I said, come lods after call, these are all high achievers in one spot, you know, bumping chest, like mm-hmm. doing their thing, rubbing elbows, having good lives, but like making a lot of money. And I just, I had a family. Yeah. So I was like, listen, yeah. I need to figure out a way to work efficiently. Mm-hmm. So instead of me coming to the office at this meeting, why can't I why can't I meet my client straight from home, then go over here and then come into the office and then go here and just stack my day and be done by three mm-hmm. or, you know, because I was meeting with business owners. Mm-hmm. So we can set our own schedule, but then they made it to where you had to do it in certain parameters. And then you, it was just a lot of micromanagement. So then I ended up working more hours than what I really wanted. And then I was like, well, I'm producing a lot. So why are you over my shoulder? You know, kind of thing. And then it kind of got into, and I'm kind of a little rebel. (laughs) Well, I can (laughs) uh, definitely relate to that because this has been on my mind about like work and people's expectations Uh, or morals or whatever and how like when it differs, like what do you do when you're starting to realize certain things in your job do not like they don't align with your principles your values or what you want so when do you know when is enough enough yeah and it was that I mean and then we got this new manager in office right and she came from another state and that's just how the company worked they said well you you move up in the company and you you could get your own office and you can go wherever the company takes you right and so she came from out of state and she had a son and her son at that point um, moved with her, but her husband stayed in the other state because he had a good job. And so she was here and then she would make comments like, yeah, my son's mad again because I was the last one to pick him up at seven o'clock and it's really not that big of a deal. I'm not always last. And, oh, don't you guys just want to give him a Lego set and like, just let him go and like do their thing. And, and, I, and, you know, he hasn't seen his dad in a week, but it's all right. It's total like, just, I realized I do not relate to that. Mm-hmm. Like I, here I am being a high performer in my office, hitting my numbers that I want. The people next to me feel the same way, but nobody's allowed to say anything. Um, the boss that I'm following has no, I was experiencing mom guilt and mm-hmm. she had none of it. She was already past that, which is a different phase of my life now that I've learned to overcome. But right. I just had no relation there. And what what broke me was we were in this meeting, everyone's on the call, all the, all the offices throughout the United States are on the call. And, um, we were in this training and it was super important, um, with corporate and they were going through this training on the screen. And I just recall like her talking and none of us can see the screen, right? This is a zoom call. We're all in the meeting and she's just going on and on about this training about 10 minutes. And then I 
piped in and I said, hey, just so you know, like we can't see anything on the screen in case you're trying to show us something. And she, the trainer piped back in and well, first my manager looked at me like, how dare you say something on the, you know, you know, don't speak up, right? That's not what cum lods do. So I was like, oh my God, like, well, we can't see anything on the screen. Okay. And so she's like, uh, does anybody else see anything on the screen? Like any other offices? And pretty soon all these offices start chiming in. Hey, we can't see anything either. And she's like, you guys, I've been here for 20 minutes chatting with you guys and nobody's saying anything. Anyways, I got in trouble for that because it made the office look bad. So that's when I was like, this is like, I'm not a robot. Like, this is really weird. And so then my attitude changed. Mm -hmm. And then when my attitude changed, I realized everybody in the office felt the same way, but nobody was saying anything. Mm -hmm. And then there was this weird um, experience that I had. And this messed with me for a long time. Um, They pulled me into the office. I had never been fired in my life. And I was like, I'm not going anywhere. I'm sticking this out. And they pulled me in and they put me with HR on the phone and they talked with me and they were like, talking about my struggles or whatever. And then we were like, this isn't a good fit. And they were like, we realized that if you don't want to play by the rules, you're like, if you, this is what we require to get paid here. And if you just want it to go off your results, you should do a commission job that only goes off your results. Oh my God. And I was like, okay. And that night I took my blazer off, never put it back on. And I took a glass of wine and I cheers my husband and we're like, we done. Wow. We're done. I'm going to go find a commission job. Anyways. That is crazy. Um, that's, that's the whole thing I don't understand about like corporate or anything like that is this whole work culture, like you said, where it's like, well, this isn't written down in, you know, my job description, but you expect it to happen. And that's why people like so many of us burn out because of these things that are outside of what we're actually supposed to be doing, but we're expected to do. And it's like, no, no, no. Like, yeah, it might be a well-paying job, but still, then you write that in that that's what I'm supposed to do. If you're going to try and hold it over me or hold it against me or anything like that. Like, and the fact that too, you called, like told this, the person, the trainer that you couldn't see the screen and they were probably, they were happy about that. They were like, okay, all the rest of you, I can't believe no one is saying anything. And I just want to know, like, if that trainer knew what the heck happened following that, like, how how they would feel about it. Like, yeah. wait, what? Like, you, you guys are really not smart if you it actually was... got rid of the one person who's going to speak up and, and say things, which, and you're not, like, calling someone out. Like, you no. were saying, hey, we can't see the screen. Like, no hey, one's uh, Are we wasting time here? Yeah, well, that is and I so think... crazy. Yeah. And you know what? That just made me realize like, you know what? You're right. It wasn't a good fit for me, but because I idolized that job so much because I was like, okay, I am like in a high rise office on the 16th floor and I'm getting paid big buku bucks. And like, I'm felt successful at the time. It was kind of a crush to my ego or at least like what I thought I wanted. So it messed me up for a while. Cause I was like, is this a me problem? Mm-hmm. Like, am I, am I uncoachable? Right. And then I started going down that as an athlete, I was like, Ooh, am I, am I like stubborn and uncoachable and like the player that no one wants on the team and yeah. I'm just entitled and all these things. But like, all I wanted was to earn you know, and have my results show for my work. Like, Mm -hmm. that's it. Like, I wasn't asking to get paid any more than what I would have earned. 
But anyways, that's where my mind shifted. And because we had already had a rental property, I, I was already like, okay, well, like I already had interest in real estate. And so I called up my friend that was in real estate and was like, well, let's get the show on the road. Can't be that hard. And so that's really where the shift So it happened. was a hard left pretty much. Like it was just like a boom, we're going to, I mean, like, uh, when you think about <laughs> it as far as like sales and stuff like that, uh-huh. but like you didn't have other than just having your own rental property, you, it wasn't like you had been thinking about doing this no. on the side or you didn't have family or in it or anything. It was just like, yeah, I'm looking into a sales that's commission-based and I can set my own schedule and that's real estate. Yeah, actually, I wasn't thinking about it at all. And I was just like, okay, maybe this is time where James just started his back in his. So I was like, okay, perfect timing. I'm going to hang out with the kids and figure out what the heck, you know? Mm-hmm. And um. I, I think one of James's coworkers was like, oh yeah, you know, my wife is like starting a real estate course. And I was like, really? All it is is a course. And like, oh, I was like, oh, okay. And then soon enough, like, I was like, okay, let me just sign up for this. Cause the barrier to entry is so low. So uh-huh. I was like, okay, I'll just sign up for this. It doesn't cost very much. And when the kids nap, I'll start studying the course. I'll, and I know myself. So I just booked the test before I was done with the stuff. Yeah. Otherwise I would never get to it. <laughs> totally. So click, 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 study, study, study. And then I took the test. And then the next time I saw like my husband's friend, they're like, oh yeah, she's still studying. And James like, oh, Tori's done. She's already got license. She's already made her for sale. In like, true Tori I fashion. Like, <laughs> I was like already on a sprint. Yeah. So, and I just worked when my kids were napping. Did, Honestly. Um, by this point, was it just Kate and Emery or did you have Brooks when you started the course? It was, it was just Kate and Emery. Okay. And James said he was done with children. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> we all knew as friends that it was not done at two. That's for sure. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think that's the, I have definitely seen you and James, but in the last, not a lot in the last few years, but Kate, I think is the last one I met. Uh-huh. When we were at Mount Hood and he was like two months old. Um, and then I don't think I've seen. Oh, I think we went to, I think you were pregnant with Brooks. Probably. Time when I was in Oregon, but yeah, I hadn't met the other, other mm-hmm. three yet. So, but that is just, just a crazy story of how you left that world in the first place. It just leaves me like my mouth literally dropped. Like, wait, what did they, they fired you or, you know, let you go, whatever for, for those reasons is just so silly. So once you got your license, um, you were obviously then working under a, I don't know all the ins and outs of, of real estate, but mm-hmm. so you were working under um, like a, for another team, a brokerage, or are you still like, in a brokerage or do you have your own brokerage? I am still under a brokerage. Okay. So when I got done with that and to be quite, to be transparent for everybody, mm-hmm. like because I held out so long with them and they had to fire me, of course, I got a little bit of unemployment in mm-hmm. the meantime when I was training. So just for everyone who's like, oh yeah, she just quit that high paying job and then was easily able to like relax and and train. I mean, I did have unemployment to help mm-hmm. me supplement that. Not that we needed it at the time, but it was, it was helpful for me because mm-hmm. then I had no pressure like going into the next phase and James was starting his career. So, um, I had complete flexibility and I was also dealing with a lot of like mind effing from mm-hmm. the last manager I had. So that was an issue there. 
But um, real estate, it was, it was fairly easy to get into. Once you get your license, like everybody wants you, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, it's like a free sales worker and anything, they don't pay for me to be there. Mm -hmm. I actually pay them when I close a deal to be there. Right, right. Yeah. It's it's like an independent contractor. It is an independent contractor. So it's an interesting thing. And I knew nothing about it. So I just really called one of my friends that I'd known for a long time and I knew she was in it. And so I just said, Hey, how does this work? I didn't shop around brokerages. I didn't even fully understand it. I was just like, just plug me in and I'll figure it out from there. Yeah. That's what I did. Mm -hmm. Well, I don't think, I mean, it sounds like you went pretty quickly from one phase to the next. So I don't think it sounds like at all that you were just, you know, like sitting around eating bonbons while training, like, you you were, um, (laughs) you know, married also. So you weren't just like flat on your butt, but like I said, it's not, doesn't sound like you just like took your time casually. Like, what am I going to do next to do, to do having all this time and freedom? Okay. So there was a time in there. I, I I don't know how I block this out sometimes. (laughs) There was a time in there where one of my gal friends, right after I left, she left, like we both left around the same time. And I did start an app. I don't know if you remember this phase of my life. Um, We were starting this app. And so I was in the startup space for a very short time. Mm-hmm. And I found a co-founder, or I was co-founder, but I found like, um, this is where you have to get like investors and you do like these pitches. So I got this investor on board. And so I was CEO, you know, all this stuff of this app and we were working on it, getting it to beta. I was up in the middle of the night working with like software developers to get this app off the ground. And we were almost to like launch and beta. And this was before real estate. I walked away from that. Um, I think I was only working. I was maybe working in that for like four months, four months, hardcore um, with my other friend, not making any money. I mean, again, I was, I had unemployment, but not making any money working on this app mm-hmm. in the startup space. So I was going to like networking, pitching investors, like that space, which I block out sometimes. Because yeah. it was like, such oh a short God. stint when you think about well, like life now of how much time you spent is. at the previous it's, job and how long you've been where you're at now that it's like, yeah. oh yeah, there was an intern there. Yeah, There was an intern there where we almost built out an entire app. Wow. And I got a spidey sense that the investor guy that we were dealing with was not good. Um, Mm. And I remember he said something to me. This, again, you'll see a pattern here. (laughs) But he told me something like, well, we just had different visions. Mm -hmm, He started mm -hmm. to take my vision and then started warping the vision. And then as the CEO, your job is to hold the vision in place and like Mm -hmm. keep it on the right path and hire everybody to make sure that it gets done. They kept pulling it in all these different directions. Anyways, it was a bad partnership. Mm -hmm. It was my first lesson in partnering with people. And um, at the end of the day, James and I were like, let's just, it's not worth dealing with him. It's creepy and this isn't going to work out. So let's just cut cut the tie and just move on. And it kind of like destroyed the even, the product that I wanted to build. So I was like, okay, I don't even want, I'm done. And he's like, you are CEO. You can't just quit. And you know what I did? Quit. Bye. (laughs) Well, see, that's what I love about (laughs) you as well. And I think I'm drawn to a lot of people this way, but who are very much like do it how they feel they're doing it. I mean, 
making rash decisions sometimes. I don't like to, you know, really claim that I do, but I definitely do. But <laughs> you just know how you feel and you know when it's not right for you. And so yeah. many people go through a lot. And obviously there's many reasons of why people stick through the the bad and stick in bad jobs or bad situations. Like they may be stuck. Um, and I've just never been good at as soon as that switch goes off in my mind that I'm like, this isn't working as that switch goes off and I'm like done and I can't even pretend or like push myself through it for very long. Cause I'm like, Nope, you know what? Like I'm not going to waste my time or my life like being miserable or yeah. in something that I know is not going to work. And like, so it's not mm-hmm. always put me in the best situations of just quitting without a backup plan. I'm not saying I recommend that to people, yeah, but like, that's just how I've been. And I see like, you are a very strong-minded woman like I said, you know what you want and what you don't want and you know when you can like and what you have to do in those things that you don't want sometimes yeah you have to do the thing you don't want to do for a little while and yeah. you can tell the difference of what that is or how long you can put yourself through that before you're like yeah nope it's this is it I'm done yeah and yeah. that just takes like I said a lot uh, of confidence and strength that a lot of people don't have um whether it's again, just fear-based because they don't know what they're going to do next or so just afraid to do something new. Um, Mm -hmm. So I've just always looked up to you in that way that you are definitely like, nope, this is, and it's not in a like my way or the highway, anything I say goes kind of way. Like I said, you know what you want and you're going to, you're going to get yourself there. Yes. Yes. Well, thank you for that. Um, Of course. I honestly attribute a lot of that to like being a mom, honestly. Um, the more kids I have, the more I realize how valuable my time is mm-hmm. and how I see things in and and sometimes like to a fault, right? Like I'll see things in like a forever sense. So if I'm like dealing with something, it, it's almost like a relationship, a bad relationship. And mm-hmm. you're like, if it's this bad, like why drag it out? Yeah. Like, be done because the more time I spend here means that it's less time actually finding what's good for my soul. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, I don't have time for this. I don't have time for this. Um, and also like I give credit to my husband too, cause he knows me sometimes better than I know myself. And mm-hmm. he definitely is like a sounding board when it comes to me feeling like I'm crazy or like me. Okay. Am I, am I making a bad decision here? Mm-hmm he can tell me when he thinks I'm being a baby yeah. or when he thinks I'm actually like, nope, rip that cord. And I'm like, okay. And we just trust each other in that. So I think that helps to have a, and I say this all the time, it helps to have a partner that Mm -hmm. understands that and can help you with that. Um, And it's a learning progress. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're so right. It's so helpful to have that sounding board, whether it's, um, your partner or a best friend, a family member, whatever, because who knows you though? The key is that they have to know you like to your core, because just what you said is that they can tell you and be straight with you that like, no, you're, you're being a baby. You need to like take a breath or like, just give it a couple days, calm down, think about this or that versus like, yeah. I've seen you along this journey. I know it's not working and you're 100% like it's time for you to move. <laughs> it's time on. for you to stop. Yeah. yeah. And it's well, hard to find that person, you know, like, so you're very lucky that you have James as that person. Andrew has definitely been that person for me, but it did. We've been together for a long time 
and it still took you know like years and we're still learning together a lot but to be able to have the conversations and Mm -hmm. um and be able to be open with each other and know that we're not gonna that we can tell the truth without hurting the other person too much and like yeah I may it may not be what I want to hear in the moment or something when I'm really in it but I can at least take my time and look back and be like okay yes he's he is right so like I need to well, and like... it's, yeah and it's not even like who's right or wrong it's mm-hmm. like we are in the same boat mm-hmm. we if someone's rowing too fast on the wrong direction <laughs> like we are getting going to where we need to go yes and we have kids on this boat now that yeah. we need to get to where we need to go so we need to work together yeah and so it's a lot about like being on the same mission mm-hmm. and in yes. order to do that you have to fully trust each other mm-hmm. with that um yeah so i think it does help yeah absolutely um welcome back amber so she thank she, you she, so, she, so she lost us for a little bit there but she was, she was, she was back here with us uh-huh. <laughs> but so we're at you've got your license you just find a brokerage, you get to work and just get hustling, like selling houses around (laughs) Oregon. Well, okay. So I joined what we call like a boutique brokerage. So like none of the big companies own them. It's a smaller local boutique and I'm in Portland, Oregon. So I was born and raised in Salem, which is like 45 minutes South for anybody who doesn't know. Um, so I didn't really know anybody in Portland area. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I just really leaned into what I knew um, about sales. And again, my goal here when I got into real estate was I want to make over six figures at least at the time was a decent amount of money. Now it's not. I know but when you think about it, like, yeah, I know it's like, you're like, no, you can't. That's, yeah, yeah, no, it's so hard um, to live off that. But yeah, you anyways, I wanted to do it in 25 hours a week. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay. Now that I get to do it my way, I'm going to be efficient at this and I'm going to work the numbers and I'm going to make this in this amount of time. But also with the people I was working with, they wanted us to do these high goals, right? And at the time it it wasn't necessarily money. I just knew I didn't have a number there because James was working and because my, my number one value was like being home at the time. Mm -hmm. I was like, I want to get, let's just see what I can do in this amount of time. I have this much time to give. Let me maximize that before I give some big goal. I don't even know where to start. Right. Right. Yeah. Which they didn't like, (laughs) obviously, because (laughs) I wasn't thinking big enough. Right. Mm -hmm. I was more valuing my time. And so that was an interesting thing that now is in hindsight, you see. Um, And also in real estate, when you're on a team like this, you, you have higher splits. So they were paying for the marketing, um, a lot of the systems, they had the staff, all of that. And in, in return, I paid them like 60% and I got 40%. So the math there, which is fine because you're learning everything and, right. and that's just how it works. So it took me about four months to get my first deal. Um, but then from there, once I knew the systems, like me learning it was fairly easy because mm-hmm. I was already in sales. So I already knew I already had the confidence, I should say, to close deals. I think the hardest part for me was dealing with everybody's emotions because I was used Mm. to, I was used to business owners yeah, and like bigger pockets, deeper pockets. Like it was a, it was a financial decision. It wasn't an emotional, like, and there wasn't like all these people's lives. Right. Yeah. So I had to shift my mindset from 
being business to being a therapist almost. Yeah. So, totally. you know, <laughs> so that was the hardest part. But other than that, once I got one sale, it just rolled because I'm, I'm naturally okay with people. Mm-hmm. And then once you do well, people just gravitate towards you. And then it just, if you're good with people and provide a good service, it, it just rolls. So it's gotta be a good mix for you. I feel like that you found it actually now putting all this together, just even in my head, knowing you of like that real estate makes so much sense for you being like the numbers and goals oriented and things like that. Plus like just being with and around people, like what a good mix, but I'm sure it was a little like, wait, how do I switch my mindset that I'm like actually dealing with people and emotions now instead of just the dollar signs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I already had like, I already knew how to deal like out of a CRM system, mm-hmm. like, a, uh, you know, so I was already used to like follow up and what that looks like and how to touch base with people like that was normal for me. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know if it's like that for everyone who doesn't have the sales experience or they don't think they don't know what the job actually is. Yeah, totally. Um, but yeah, so that was there. And then once I got to a point where I started calculating, like they kept wanting me to make, do more, do more. And I was like, but your kids are in daycare 24 seven and I want to go on vacations and live a life. Like, I don't want that. I want to, oh, wait a second. If I learn how to do X, Y, Z, then I can do that on my own and do that and hire my own people. And I don't have to pay a split and I make double. So yeah. When I tried to get them to teach me stuff, um, they didn't want to teach me. So they knew what you were, they probably could uh sense that, oh, she just is trying to get out the door and do this on her own. Well, that's the problem with the industry, right? They they want to keep you down. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They want to keep you down until they realize like, oh, she's, she's a good one. She's, she could actually be empowered instead Mm -hmm. of thinking, Hey, how can we empower her to continue with her skills and still support her? and keep me aboard. Mm-hmm. They instead were like, uh, uh-uh, uh, you don't want to do that. You don't want to do this. Like it's more work than you think, blah, blah, blah. you know, that tells me I'm like, you learned it. So where'd yeah. you learn yeah. it? And they and- learned it at Keller Williams. So I went <laughs> back to Keller Williams. I said, then they were like, okay, maybe they said, maybe if you go to another brokerage, you'll figure it out mm-hmm. and maybe you'll come back. And I was like, okay, bye. So I went to this <laughs> other brokerage figured it out. And then, um, I was independent for a while and then once, and then went to where I'm at now, which is a, a cloud-based brokerage. So, and I have my own team now under that. How what? many do you have under you? Um, so I, I don't have, know what the term, would you say under you or like, is it a pretty even partnership? Okay. No, I would say with me the mm-hmm. way that I, so because of what I learned on the team that I was originally at, mm-hmm. I structured my team as more like a hybrid. Mm-hmm. So, and the way our brokerage is, we can do that. So I have about 25 agents like with me, like in my line, but that is in my network, but on my team, I usually try to bring people in, train them and push them out. So they can go on their own. Well, so that's what I wanted to mention um, when you talked about the other brokerage and not kind of gatekeeping um, and not wanting you to grow. It's I'm not a fan of that. No. And it's also one weird to me that you wouldn't want the people working with you to to grow and learn more so that they could potentially just stay with you and make your company more money. 
And also like just as a human being to like see other humans like flourish and grow, like they're looking at it as you'll be a competitor now. And like the scarcity mindset that you're going to go out there and take all this stuff from them instead of like, there is enough for all of us. And I've definitely felt that way when I just started my personal training journey and I, I'd before I started personal training, like I wanted to go to college to, for kinesiology and to be a physical therapist. My life obviously went different direction for a long time. And once I started as a personal trainer, I thought about going back to school for physical therapy. And I remember one of the guys at the gym I worked at who was like the, like a manager and lead trainer or whatever. He was like, oh, you don't want to do that. School costs so much money and this, that, and the other. But at this time I was 30 years old. So, and this guy was like a year older than me. I'm like, I'm not sure if you know how old I am and because of like what I'm doing, like still working at a restaurant, working five fucking jobs in Tahoe, like, um, and I'm not married or whatever, but I'm like, but I'm very aware of how much school costs and of what I want (laughs) out and for my life. Like, I don't need you like telling me what to do. Also, you've never even talked to me to know, like, what I'm interested in. So I, the reason I started personal training was to just get back in the habit of learning and like kind of quote unquote going to school before I just tried to apply to college again. But I just felt like, again, that switch goes off. As soon as he said that, I was like, yeah, this, this isn't for, this place isn't for me. I do not want to be around people who are not supportive of me, especially when you don't even know me. So why the fuck do you even care what I'm doing with my time and my money and my life? So instantly was like, yeah, no, like I'm I'm done. I'm done with these people who only want me to stay to make them money and um, not not see me go off and be successful in any way I want to do. Yes. (laughs) Well, and I applaud you for that. And I think the more and more, again, that I get older and the more I have children and the more it just has evolved into this, like you said, mindset to where it's a, there's an abundance out there. Like mm-hmm. anybody can do anything. I can make nothing out of, like I can make some, I can turn something, I can make something out of nothing. Yeah, there we go. That's it. <laughs> in a matter of like an hour, if yeah. you just like try, like it's not mm-hmm. like, like just, you could do anything. And mm-hmm. I truly believe that. And um, I'm so like, I have more, um, I feel better when I'm empowering people. Yeah. And getting them to see that like, you can totally do this. Like, mm-hmm. it's, you know, but at that comes a cost, right? Because you are surrounded sometimes by people that don't think that way. And mm-hmm. I can be seen as, you know, Every, everything comes easy to me. Um, I am a toxic optimist. Um, I have people called only... you that a toxic Girl. optimist. I've never even heard that. To- or I've toxic, heard of toxic positivity. positivity. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. But All still, stuff. just but like, like to hear that I'm not em- even like I have no empathy you. for people. Like you know all these things, which it's okay. Hurt people, hurt people. But mm-hmm. it's like okay. Like it does take a solid mindset. And mm-hmm. and I the more I get older, the more I have to, that's something to train yourself to like get away from too, because not everyone can come with you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it sucks. It yeah. really does. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, we learned that through life of just uh, evolving friendships. I feel like too, if yeah. we look at friends from just any phase of life, what oh my gosh, some yeah. saying about like friends and seasons, there's friends for seasons, friends for friends for reasons. And I don't know, but whatever, but, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's true. Like not everyone's along with you for your whole journey and it yeah. sucks to leave them behind or whatnot, but it just, it is the way it is sometimes. But yeah. like you said, empowering people, that's definitely something that I found that it, like what I love about personal training and working at the gym that I was at and that mindset, I feel like of even that like one manager where it got the feeling of him trying to hold me down was that's how I felt about how they would treat their clients then too. And what I thought and knew about it was like, okay, you get a client and then like you got to hold on to him, right? You don't, how do you keep clients constantly? But now I mean, I obviously I have a full time job, too. That's not training right now. So it's not my number one um, like source of income. So it's not as much on my mind. But that was a really good step back for me to take to realize like, yeah, like clients are going to come and go and they might be here for a few months or years. But they'll and sometimes they I have them for a few months and they go off on their own and then they come back when they need to like touch base. Because I always tell people like my goal is not to just have you pay me for the rest of your fucking life. I want you to go out and learn how to be healthier, how to be stronger, how to have a routine um, and to keep yourself healthy. I don't want to have you forever because there's plenty of people who do need my help. I don't want to just hold on to you forever. And I like the same thing. If I was in the position of um, having employees or something, it's like, Mm -hmm. of course you want to be selfish at times and keep the good ones. I'm sure. But you also like, you want to see them get, grow their life, be better in their life and, and just go out do their thing, spread their little wings and fly. Yes. So, um, well, and that's just it. Like I want to hang, I tell James this all the time. I was like, I don't, I want to hang around people that can hang if that makes sense. So I don't want to be, when I'm talking to my team or like people, like even my virtual assistants, I'm like, I love you ladies. You guys like are saving grace. They are good at all the freaking things that I suck at. And I'm like, I am nothing without you guys. Like, I love you. Like, you're amazing. Like, and I'd hang out with them, right? They are not below me. They are not, you know, but I hope that they one day like surpass me. You know, it's, I just want to be in it with more people that can think the same way and just be on the same same wavelength of like doing whatever they want and knowing that they can and just living that life. Like, I think everyone should be living the life they want. Yeah. And that's another just good point too of uh what of kind of a, sh- a saying out there of the like five closest people in your life, you know, that's what you're going to be like, like the people who surround you yeah. who are closest to you, you're going to kind of like bounce off of each other. So making conscious choices of who you're around, who you surround yourself with. Um, and of course, when you can, right, not everyone can choose who they work with or for or whatever, but it makes a big difference of working with people, being around people and having people in your life who are on the same wavelength and they don't, you don't yeah. need to want the same exact things in life, but to have no. like, you know, the same kind of drive or ambition or something at least um, towards whatever it is they want and it can help uh, massively. So mm-hmm. I know you have to get out of here pretty soon. So I just quickly want to just talk about how the hell you balance this with five kids. I know that 
Um, you and James have a great partnership and he's able to help a ton with the kids too. But what is, and now that you are able to kind of make like your own schedule, what does your week look like now? Are you at that like 25 hours? Um, I try to stick to that, especially, well, now we're in summer. So that's a whole nother ball of fun. Um, number one, I say our partnership is so like great. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think part of that is like James doesn't have an ego. Like he has one, but not like, I want to say like most men that are raised in a traditional household, he Mm -hmm. did not have that. And you know that. So he doesn't have these expectations of me and expectations of himself that he should like, he's got standards, but he doesn't have these like weird set expectations of what it's supposed to look like. Right. So he has fully allowed me to go and trust me to like, go wherever we need to go. And also, (laughs) sorry, I'm looking at you shushing your dog. (laughs) Um, And also, um, you know, we recently got him out of police, mm-hmm. right? So like he stopped working in, in December and that has been, cause our first goal was like freedom. Right. Mm-hmm. So I was getting annoyed because our life was a little bit harder because I was, you know, making, I had the opportunity to make way more, but because like I had to work around his schedule or, you know, we had to, to make sure that he could ask for a certain amount of time off because with me being able to work however I wanted, I wanted the freedom also. So I was kind of a little brat. Yeah. And I was like, okay, if I hustle and close these three, five deals around James's work schedule, around the kids' schedule, around sports, like I want to go for two weeks somewhere here. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to have to have James ask for time off and then him have to go back to work. And like, I'm more like, again, having more kids, you start to get more selfish with your time. Absolutely. Well, because, and he, he got injured. So there's a story to that. But like, when I realized his passion was dying there, mm-hmm. I think we both just said like, it's time. Let's just pull the plug there. Yeah. Um, and that was kind of in our heads. Like, can we do this? Are we going to do this? Are we going to b- be like completely like a self-owned like businesses? And it's what we needed. And then we knew we were having a baby girl. So our life is like really crazy. And I'll just tell you today, um, I woke up this morning and my office is a crazy mess. My house is all right. But <laughs> James James stayed home with the kids. He's the one with um, Laurel. I was with her until like 9, 10 a.m. And then she naps around noon. Two of my kids nap from like noon to like 3.34 so that's when I really try to take advantage of like my work. I still mm-hmm. do it. Dur- I try to do it during their nap, but of course I have my other kids now. Mm-hmm. So they're playing with friends. He's at home. He folds the laundry like he does that. Today we are normally supposed to have our house cleaner come, but because it ta- you have to clean up for your house cleaner, yep, it's a yep. real thing. Uh-huh. I just told her, I said, just come next week. Cause like, I don't want to have to have James like have to pick up the kids' toys because we had um, a couple friends over yesterday. So I was like, let's not stress about that. Anything stress-related, I'm like, cut it out. Like, yeah, boom. I love that. I mean, so I don't need to have the house cleaner come today. Mm-hmm. We can move that. So we did. Um, and I went off and uh, I, sometimes I just need to go to a coffee shop to get out and work. Mm-hmm. I had a lunch meeting with an agent. And then I um, worked on some stuff that I needed to work on. And then I came home around 3 Um 
cruise neighborhood looking for my older son so he's <laughs> playing around. And then by then my daughter woke up from nap. So then they're up and James is getting into the swing of things. And um, then they're going to be headed off to practice. And then he's got a football, he's like coaching. So he's got a co- coaches meeting tonight. So it's really just like leaning in and telling each other like what we need. And it just takes that communication. communication. <laughs> it's totally communication. And sometimes we like slip up, like, wait, you have a meeting? No, I have a meeting. Yeah. Like, what are we going to do? You know? So, um, just like today where I'm like, okay, well I will chat and I have this hard cutoff cause I got to do this, but we can still do what we need to do. But mm-hmm. again, there's no, um, there's no mystery in like what we need. Like yeah. if we have yeah. an issue, we bring it up. Then we mm-hmm. solve it. Then if I need him to like, if I'm like, Hey, like if I come home, like, can you please like get this laundry out of the living room? Mm-hmm. Like he'll, he'll like get it out of the living room. I'll be like, Hey, I have this meeting with so-and-so we had all the friends over and the car's a mess. He'll like, I'll go detail it. Like, what do we need today? Like, he is just very supportive there. Um, And I'm the same for him. Yeah. So that I feel like is number one. And Amazing. I don't know. Yeah. I wish there was an easier answer because I think that's harder. The more I meet people, mm-hmm. I think that's one of the biggest barriers people have. Absolutely. I would so we did just luck out. Yeah. And I mean, that's, like I said, I don't think there's really a mystery or to anything. And the tips really are just Amber and I come back to this a lot in almost any conversation we have about any topic is like communication (laughs) tends to be like the root um whether it's again any kind of relationship in your life work friend family anything like you have to communicate Mm -hmm. and it can take a while to learn how to communicate um with someone because we all do it in different ways so Mm -hmm. I think that like you said in a partnership it can be really hard to find that nice balance of support and communication and everyone being on the same page. And I know it's not like every day is, you know, a piece of cake and I'm sure there's hiccups along the road, but said communication at least is the key to it. Like, okay. When there's an issue, we talk about it instead of like sweeping it under the rug and letting it go until it like explodes. Cause like you said, you don't have time for that. You have five kids, a business to run. No, we don't. Like, and I feel like even just getting older anyways is where all, a lot of us realize like, yeah, time is just flying. Whether you have kids, um, just your aunt, uncle, whatever you're seeing time go by faster and faster as we get older. And it's just like, there is no, no time for just no, nobody has time for that. Yeah. And also like it's not about once people get over their egos really and think like, it's not about who's right or wrong. Yeah. Like that's where I realize like a lot of people have an issue with that. Well, I just want them to understand I'm right. Like I'm Mm -hmm. right or they're right or they're wrong or how are we here? It's like, no, it's, it's what's next. Yeah. I am definitely how you feel. This is how I feel. Like now what? what's next? What do we do now? Like, what should we do? I'm definitely a a heavy work in progress in uh, letting my ego go of being right. And like having the last word in, in disagreements or arguments, or it depends on who I know some things or some people or times that it's just, it's not going to be worth it to even try. So I'm actually trying to use those experiences as eye opening of like, well, is it ever really like, why do I have to be right? But when you're like butting heads with that other person who has to be right, I feel like that's when it's more of the like, you don't want to give them the satisfaction when you can tell like they aren't trying to prove that either. Then I feel like it's easier for me to let my guard down and not be like, see, I was right. But man, it is hard to not be that brat of like, I am always right. Right. <laughs> no, I think really that's in us that all. Go, but... 
fan it's hard. isn't tough. Yeah, it is hard. Oh, yeah. But like dealing with all of these guys, like we're working slowly on like I've gotten a lot better at delegating and feeling mm-hmm. okay with it because at first, like a lot of mom guilt comes into play. Um, I'll touch on this quickly just so yeah. you so everyone can hear. It's like mom guilt is something that stays with you. So it's like you know, I used to think, cause I was raised by a stay at home mom that I had to do all the cleaning, all the cooking, all the laundry, all the school dates, all the play dates, all the drop-offs, all the pickups, be it every game, you know, um, be it all the parent things, like all the mom things. And I was told that you can't have a career and be a good mom. Mm-hmm. So that has something that, I mean, I've gone to therapy. I mean, that's stuck with me. And now instead of therapy, I have a coach, which is so much oh, forward, cool. more forward thinking than being stuck in like the past. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, there you go. That has worked more for me now, but um, I think working on that inner stuff has helped a lot. And then understanding like listen like even stay-at-home moms is is they're they are working full-time absolutely like they're not they're not with their kids 24 7 mm-hmm. because they are cleaning the laundry and they are doing this and they are doing that I mean the next thing I want to hire I told Jane I said we need a chef we need a chef up in here <laughs> cook me some food like I'm tired of eating out like but I I like eating out because then I get to actually sit with my family yeah. somebody's serving me I don't have dishes like mm-hmm. we go home and our house is clean like <clears throat> You know, but it's, I think learning to delegate to James, learning to delegate to, um, I spent a lot of time getting to know my friends in the community, um, other kids as parents. Um, I take their kids sometimes. I ask, you know, a lot of families these days don't do that anymore. They're like, are you sure you'll give Tommy a ride? And I'm like, dude, we're going the same direction, girl. Get Tommy in the car. I'm going to take him. You're going to take him home. That's how we're doing this. You know, like, but even as a mom, like I've had to foster a lot of that um, because I think a lot of that has gone away. And so really working together with people to have a mutual like win. Yeah. And like creating a community. And even like, you know, stay at home moms are like, oh, you hire people to do that. I'm like, yeah, I pay families. I'm yeah. feeding more families, honestly. And That's I don't want to do it. Look at it too. I don't want to be grumpy with my kids. Like yeah. I could be cleaning the toilets. My kids can clean the toilets, but they're really busy with sports now. Mm-hmm. And like, it just works. And the you can't go at things alone. Mm-hmm. No yep. one in this life with a wealthy life is alone. Yeah. And if you are like, or at least aren't, aren't getting to success alone, like you and- have to be partnered with people. You're right. I think get, and that also comes down to letting go of the ego, right? Not being like, I have to do it all. And that's another thing I'm working on personally is feeling like I have to do it all, no matter like what it's in and not feeling guilty of like, oh, you I can't. need help with this. I need to ask Andrew to do this instead of feel like, oh, I can work full time and do this and this and this Um, and just ask for help from anybody. I mean, even like we just have dogs, but still it's like asking his parents like, hey, can you watch the dogs? Because we're both going to be gone all day long or whatever. Well, yeah. And it's not just asking for help. It's also giving back. Yeah. Like you don't want to be a, you have to add value in your own way. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. you create win-win scenarios wherever Mm -hmm. you go. And I think that that's like the golden nugget, but everyone's afraid to like do it. And I also think like, everyone tries to be good at everything. Like, mm-hmm. listen, you're good at a couple things and you need to stay in that lane. Everything yeah. else could exit the building. And yeah, totally. 
and that's or why like, like okay my VAs like sucking being good at a couple of things and yeah. not being so, like you can still do that thing that you're not the best at but just know you're not the best at it yeah. and be okay with that and know yeah. like when you need a little more help with it then you yes. can get more help there but just trying which to be is, the best at everything is just gonna run you crazy which is why I I told you like I when I knew I wanted to do a podcast like I got a podcast producer because guess what if I didn't have her I wouldn't do a podcast like yeah. I would not I enjoyed this the mm-hmm. talking the engaging the sharing um but that other stuff, it wouldn't get done. I just yep. wouldn't have time. I have zero interest in it. I suck at it. <laughs> I would not, that would not be my thing. But then yeah. I love her for that because she's yeah. really good at that. And the same thing with my VAs, right? Like they're so good at my inbox and like, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, hey, come up for air. Are you dying in there? Like, because like <laughs> I would be. Yeah. It's, I, yeah, it's like in the trenches. Like, oh my ugh. God. Whereas some people would hate to be out like doing what I do. So mm-hmm. I think that's totally okay. And I wish more people would learn that. Yeah. Be okay with and- using the tools that are out there. And especially if you have the means to, right? If you don't have the means to, you know, there's ways to figure figure out how to be a little bit more efficient with things. Um, it just takes time. It all takes time. But, mm-hmm. um, and speaking of time, I want to get you out of here on your time. So before <laughs> we get you. out of here, it was, first of all, so great to talk to you and catch up with you. And we could talk for like hours more, I'm sure about everything. Um, and hopefully we can just like get together again and do it. Uh-huh. And I can see you on my way up there, um, for a like non, um, online chat, but, uh, yes. tell, tell the people where they can find you, um, if there's any people in Oregon looking for real estate or also where they can find and listen to your podcast. Oh, okay. So if you're on TikTok, Tori McQueen, T-O-R-E-E McQueen, like Lightning McQueen, Steve McQueen, however you want (laughs) to relate to that. I am there and that pretty much funnels to wherever. If you're Mm -hmm. not there, um, you can find me on Instagram and Facebook also. Um, And my website is the same, um, which I'm revamping. So there's that. And then from there, there's links to the Homefront podcast there. And you can also look for the Homefront podcast wherever you listen to podcasts on Spotify, iTunes, wherever, and go tune into that. We are going to launch season four, probably in the fall this year. So go catch up before that happens. And if, if you ever want to reach out, go ahead. Awesome. I will link all that in the show notes too. So you guys can find Tori and connect with her and listen to her podcast, especially those um, mamas, working mamas, anyone at all who she's got some great episodes on there um, sharing just more stories in on that, on the home front. So (laughs) thank you everybody for checking in and listening today. Um, And thank you, Tori, so much for joining me and um, I'll talk to all you guys next week. Thank you. Bye. Bye. We hope you enjoyed this episode and would do us a huge favor since we don't have any sponsors or anything like that and would rate and review us on whatever platform it is you use, Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, uh, whatever it is. And if you're listening and downloading just through the website, tearingituppodcast.com, leave comments. Um, We'll definitely engage back with you. And on social media right now, we're just on Instagram, tearingituppodcast is the handle. Like the post, share the post, comment on the post, whatever it is you got, um, show us your love so we just stay relevant and show up in the rankings at all. So again, rate and review, please. And we'll see you next time. Thanks.